I need not grumble because God has given me an abundance. And uh, I just think one of the quickest ways to kill off sin in my own heart is to immediately stop when I recognize when the check engine comes on mm. and just thank God for all that he has done yeah, for mm. me. That's right. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. And we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon, pastoral resident at Emmaus Road Church, joined with Caleb Dernberger and Ryan Chase. Uh, Caleb is a pastoral resident at Emmaus, and Ryan is elder and pastor at Emmaus Road Church. So we are here this week discussing and going to jump back into our rotation, talking about the seven shaping virtues from the Sovereign Grace Journal. Um, if this is your first time listening to one of these, just a reminder, these are shaping virtues. These are meant to be products of the gospel that manifest among the people of God. Um, it's, it's, these are separate and distinct from our shared uh, distinctives. Gosh, I always screw these. Shared values. <laughs> shared values, thank you. Um, which are more of like our theological distinctions that separate us from other denominations, like our Reformed soteriology, our uh, complementarianism, and, and so forth. Well, it's just, it's not enough, we don't believe, just to hold to certain distinctives, but we don't, we want those things to actually get stuff done in our lives. So what kind of fruit should be produced from holding and treasuring these distinctives and, and ultimately beholding and treasuring Christ? What type of people uh, should we, should mark us? So we've gone through a couple so far, namely um, humility, start off with humility, and then last time we did joy. And this week, um, we're looking at chapter four, if, you, if you're following along in the Sovereign Grace Journal, um, gratitude, uh, abounding in thanksgiving, an article written by a, a friend of the pod, friend of us, Ben Kreps, pastor up in uh, Middletown, PA, uh, and just a, a wonderful guy. Uh, we've, I know Greg, he went to the pastor's college with Greg, mm-hmm. um, struck up a friendship there, and I got to know him last year when he visited the PC a couple times, and just a really sweet man, godly man, um, who has a particularly uh, crazy story of salvation. Um, he was a, he would say he was a, you know, a rebellious runaway child um, that, that ran away from the faith, um, hated, actually he is now the pastor of the church that he uh, grew up in, hated that church growing up and wanted to get away as quickly as possible and experimented with everything the world has to offer and then he would say through the dedication and prayer of godly older saints at his church, starting with his parents and then others, um, the Lord saved him. And through his providence and his grace and kindness, he's now the senior pastor of the church that he despised and ran away from. So God tells crazy stories, and, mm. and Ben is a, a just a shining example of that. So mm. a little bit about the author, but he writes about gratitude as as a shaping virtue of the Christian life. Um, he has the opening, one of the opening paragraphs says, um, when it comes to the condition of our hearts, 
we should perceive a warning light that flashes bright red whenever gratitude gives way to grumbling and complaining in our lives. And he says this, here's why. Gratitude is an essential indicator of how well we apprehend the grace and goodness of God. When gratitude is absent, we must get to the bottom of it. Mm. Um, That's well said. Gratitude for me just feels like, seems like something that is so obvious to be thankful Mm. and yet can be the hardest to actually do Mm. because when life comes at you fast, you don't want to be grateful. You want to be grumbling and and whatnot. But his idea here of it, your gratitude being a marker, like a check engine light of your heart, Mm -hmm. it's just so helpful. Yeah. Mm. And that, that's the language that we use when we talk about attitudes of unbelief, mm. which are pretty central to the way we think about and practice discipleship huddles. Um, yeah, attitudes of unbelief, we, we've often described those as check engine lights of the soul. Before you realize that your faith has shifted or that you're setting your hope in something other than God, oftentimes the first discernible thing you notice is a bad attitude mm-hmm. um, and some outward expression of that attitude. So grumbling and complaining or uh, despair or fear or anxiety or whatever, you know, you notice that you feel that. And when you pay attention to it, like you pay attention to a a warning light, a check engine light on your dashboard, it should get your attention to make you go, where's that coming from? What, what is causing that? Mm. This, this is unpleasant. (laughs) I don't like how I feel what's going on in my heart and what has shifted in my faith. And so I, I think, yeah, Ben, just does a, a great job here laying out ingratitude, grumbling, complaining, that pay attention to that, mm-hmm. C- catch that, notice your own tone of voice and how you're talking about problems and situations that you're facing. Cause, cause that shows you, um, your hope has shifted from the, the goodness and the grace yeah. of God in the gospel. That that's powerful. Yeah. Romans one kind of hits it on the head when, when Paul's talking about those who are in rebellion to God, they, it's, he's, says it, they did not honor him or give thanks to him. That really gets to the heart of it all, of thank, gratitude really flows. What, is, what does Ben say at the beginning? Gratitude is an essential indicator of how well we apprehend the grace and, good, yeah, mm-hmm. grace and goodness of God. Really, it, it flows out of recognizing that we are created. We all exist. In him, we live and move and have our being because God. Yeah. So, we are here. We um, we exist because God is who He is. He made us all that He gives, uh, and so um, to identify all those when I'm disgruntled or mm. discontent or grumbling, we're getting to the heart of what gratitude um, does and and what it reveals about what we're trusting. Yeah, yeah I think that's what's so critical is because. Uh, gratitude is just such an essential motivation in worship mm. um, and in such a, an essential component of worship. Um, I think that's why it's such a helpful indicator to our hearts is because when I'm, uh, what Paul says there in Romans 1 is, we are always giving thanks to something, mm. but in sin, we give thanks to the wrong things rather than to the one who's actually giving the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and what's at stake here is, the glory of God. Yeah. What's at stake is what God has done. And to give thanks to something else for what you've received from God is just idolatry. It's yeah. it's pride first and foremost, because oftentimes we want to thank ourselves for getting ourselves where we are. Um, but if, if our worship 
our, our general worship in general towards God is going to have any, like if we're wondering a good starting place, gratitude. Mm. Um, he, 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 when talking about that, you know, that sin he says in the end, the kind of gratitude, that kind of gratitude, the gratitude that, you know, looks at the, the Grand Canyon and, a, and thanks evolution for it, says is ultimately worthless because a godless gratitude fails to direct our hearts to the one to whom thanksgiving and honor mm-hmm. is due. So before we can start thanking God for stuff, we need to have an idea of who he is. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, the creator, the sustainer, the ruler yeah. of the world, who has then also not only created everything, but acted in Christ Jesus to save us from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when when those realities start to rest on you, they just have such a perspective shaping effect like oh like why am i grumbling why i need not grumble because god has given me an abundance and uh, i just think one of the quickest ways to kill off sin in my own heart is to immediately stop when i recognize when the check engine comes on Mm. and just thank god for all that he has done for Mm. me that's right yeah we we say in our home gratitude fixes everything yes (laughs) um when it seems like the wheels are falling off and everybody's got a bad attitude and nobody's getting along and um, gratitude is, is the fastest way to address that. When you just stop and consider um, what, what are three specific things I can thank God for Mm -hmm. right now? Because it's impossible to be thanking God and also remain discontent. Um, Discontentment just reflects I'm, I'm not, seeing the blessings of God. I'm not acknowledging them. I'm not acknowledging God from whom all blessings flow. Uh, I I love that Ben talks here about godless gratitude and Mm -hmm. just acknowledges that that's a, that's a real thing in our society. You know, we we have a holiday annually that everybody celebrates Thanksgiving. Everybody has this sense that it's right to be thankful, but thankfulness requires a direct object. Yes. Who, Who are you thankful to? Um, and, and so that really gets at, are you thankful to God or just to, you know, the, <laughs> the sky up above yeah. um, or to yourself, like you were saying. So it really is an act of worship, the, the one to whom we give thanks. And, and scripture is just rich. I love yes. how Ben lays out here some of the, those passages, and this is certainly not, not exhaustive, but it, gratitude is worldview shaping because... I think of the way that Cornelius Van Til would lay out the fundamental Christian worldview versus every other worldview, what he called the creator-creature distinction. The Christian worldview says there is God alone. Nothing else compares to him. Mm -hmm. He exists above and beyond and before everything else. And then there is everything else that exists. So two two different circles, God, and he's (laughs) alone in that one, and then not God. And everything that's not God exists from God through God, for God, is sustained by him. But every other worldview misses that. Either it denies that God exists and just says matter is all that exists, or you have God as one of the things in the stuff. Right. Um, but gratitude gets it shapes our worldview because it, it just reminds us everything comes from him. Mm-hmm. Everything I have is a gift from him. It's a blessing. Um, so you know, Acts 17, 25, he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and Everything, yeah. <laughs> James one seventeen. Every good gift every. and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. And ingratitude just betrays that we've forgotten that mm. we're not mindful of that. Gratitude expresses an acknowledgement. Every good thing, and and so that means no no gift is too small to thank God for. 
which yeah. I think is sometimes a temptation. That's right. Well, I mean, this primarily comes out in my parenting, like you were saying, in, in a way to help teach my kids to, you know, fight sin. Um, like I told you guys, I told the story, Adeline took steps the other week to run away. Like she, she, something had happened where, I don't know, Henry took a toy or something, or I don't even, it's some, some trivial thing. And she disappeared and I'm like, where did she go? And I looked downstairs and she had pulled random clothes and had like, was making a pile in the middle of her room with some toys and a pillow. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to live with a different family. And I was like, <laughs> what? what are you? She's like, somebody else who will actually, you know, do what I, essentially do what I want. Um, and it was an opportunity to teach her that of like, when you feel like things are unfair, when you feel people have things I don't have, um, whatever these, you know, childish emotions come up, well, the, the, the remedy is to thank God for what mm-hmm. you do have. Mm-hmm. And then as I was teaching, I was like, what kind of grumbling did I do this week mm-hmm. or today of like, <laughs> why don't we have more money? Why are we so, you know, <laughs> if I had more money, if, then I wouldn't be so anxious about paying for, you know, the inflationary cycle and all this, all these things that I'm like stressing out about. Right. The, the, the remedy to that is to thank God for all the blessings you have. And even if, you know, the question is, well, do, what if you don't have all those things? Like, what if you really are in dire stuff? Well, all I have is Christ. Yeah. Ultimately, all I need is Christ. He has acted for my good. So everything, I never don't have something well, to thank God excuse. for. Without excuse. Yeah, well, right. without excuse. When we look at the Bible and just see where gratitude, or which is equated to thankfulness, giving thanks, is talked about, we're without excuse, which is really convicting because it's. I'm mindful of how often I am not quick to give thanks. Yeah. When really... The Bible says you should be quick to do it. I mean, the Bible says to whom we give thanks. So we give thanks to God for who he is. So give thanks to the Lord for he is good. To give thanks to God for what he gives, for his steadfast love endures forever, every good and perfect gift. Uh, Gratitude in the Bible is talked about when we should give thanks. So in times of plenty and in seasons of want, you know, First Thessalonians five sixteen. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Mm. We're to give thanks in all that we do, whatever mm. you do in word or deed. Give thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then even it talks about for whom, and I think that gets down to even more of the culture that we want to um, embody in our church is especially in the New Testament New Testament model when Paul is. Paul's just the most thankful man, it seems. Mm. In every one of his letters, he's giving thanks in all his remembrance for the church. Yeah. And um, but, it, but he's the most grateful man because without fail, he, the re, what the motivation for that thanks is that he was breathing murderous yeah. thoughts against the <laughs> church of Christ. And Jesus came down and woke him yeah, up. So it's yeah. the grace of God and, and the gospel that produces that. That is his motivation in all his thanking for all that God has done is because he was the chief of sinners. Yeah, he, he gives thanks for the church because, and he gives thanks for what God has done and is doing in the church, the grace of God that permeates yeah. all of the believers' lives. Mm-hmm. And so, again, just seeing... I mean, we could... The, the, the list is so <laughs> inexhaustible, it seems. But it, it, it it's convicting to me yeah. because it's like... The one, this thing that the Bible just just t- talks about again and again and again. It's how we're to relate to our God, and yet I, I often am thinking, what do I not have? Mm. What 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 do what's the if only in my life? What do I need? What do I think God's withholding from me? Mm. And that unbelief just 
if it goes unchecked, it creates a, uh, well, it creates a proud and self-seeking man rather than yeah. a one who's just overflowing. I mean, thankful people are, it's, I mean, just like we talked about joy, thankful people are people that you want to be around. It's, right. it's, yeah, contagious. it's contagious. Yeah. Um, it's attractive. Which virtue, when we talk about virtues, really that's what we're talking about is descriptions of the kind of people that God is making us into by his grace. Mm-hmm. What kind of people are we? And, and when people are around us, what, what's their perception? Do, do they get a sense of that? I think mm-hmm. in this article, Ben quotes CJ in his book, Humility, about that. Uh, you know, what would happen if I crossed your path tomorrow morning? Would I encounter someone who is uh, an alert and thankful observer of answered prayer, someone who's in a pronounced way was grateful mm-hmm. for God's many mercies? Mm-hmm. You know, do, do those who are around us yeah. perceive that and get the sense that we are profoundly grateful, that we're humbled, realizing every, everything we have comes from God? Um, it, it, it's a remedy to everything. Philippians 4, uh, where Paul says, do not be anxious, he follows that up with, but in everything, by prayer, with supplication, and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So, yeah. so thankfulness is a remedy to anxiety mm-hmm. and worry and stress and just stopping to give thanks. It, it betrays something about our worldview when we, we think so little of gratitude. Um, it's, it's, it seems kind of, I don't know, pedantic. Like, well, this we teach kids good manners. Say please and thank you. Yeah. Um, and so it's easy to kind of look at it as just a, a polite thing mm-hmm. where you're supposed to say thank you. You, you say thank you to the, the clerk at the store or... Um, or, or, you know, when you, if you're working with kids and you say, what, what's something you can thank God for? And I thank God for my toys. You know, it's, it's very simplistic things. And, and it's easy to look down on that. Like, yeah. that's not very deep. That's yeah. not very profound. When the reality is actually, that's completely appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> every, every good thing. If, if you, you take a bite of food and it tastes good, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's helpful because it moves thankfulness and gratitude away from just a a personality trait, a, a kind of flippant, because um, what? Because oftentimes when people are, if thankfulness is tied to good mannered, we just say he's nice, yeah, you know. But there's there's something deeper there, you know. He says abounding in thanksgiving. That's Colossians two, uh, six and seven. Abounding in thanksgiving should describe each and every man, woman, and child who has received and understands the immensity of God's mercy and grace. So that's the type of people we ought to be. But then he talks about this this section on challenges to gratitude. Hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think he, he quotes from Sam Crabtree, which is which is excellent. It says, just as fire eventually flickers and dies out if unattended, gratitude can easily weaken and fade away if ignored in a world of distractions, busyness, and painful troubles. Daily life throws cold water on the smoldering embers of gratefulness in our hearts. And I think that's that's probably right. Just taking it for granted. Yeah. Mm. Just going about our days, not aware of the realities at play. Um, the fact that the sun woke up, rose up, woke up. So the sun <laughs> rose this morning and I woke up. Yeah. The fact that I'm breathing, the fact that yeah. I have all that I have, not just materially, but mm-hmm. in Christ. And so all that to say, he, hmm. there are clear challenges to gratitude. Mm-hmm. I think that that's clear. Maybe we can close with this, guys. What are some ways that we, either Ben gives or some others that you have, to cultivate gratitude in our souls and in our families? Yeah, 
and ultimately in our church. Well, I mean, yeah, what you just said just magnifies the reality that it is something to be cultivated. It's yeah. not a switch. It's not a personality trait. It needs it's, to be cultivated. Yeah, it's not yeah. something that we just flip on and off. It's it's something that needs to be practiced over and over and over again. I actually went back and um, looked back at CJ's humility post because on the back end of that one, if you remember, he kind of goes through some steps. And, and his first two are just so helpful. Um, one, and, and again, this starts privately. I, I'm thinking back to Paul when he says, I thank God in all my remembrance of you, in my prayers. So it means he's been praying for these people. He's not just saying this now because he's writing a letter to them. Mm. He's been praying for them. Yeah. He's cultivating that in private. That's good. So just really quickly, two things that CJ says in his humility post is, one, begin the day acknowledging your dependence upon God, your need for God, and your confidence in God. That gets to the root of thankfulness is what good do we have apart from him? I am sitting here breathing, speaking right now, looking at you guys, because God is doing something. Without yeah. that, I have nothing. Yeah. Th- thank him for that. I am dependent upon him for all that I need. And then two, as you turn your thoughts to God, set the tone for the day by expressing gratefulness to him. Um, so like you were saying, Ryan, the smallest of things, the biggest of things, even the the thorns that maybe you have in your flesh that are kind of irritating, thank God for them because they're from him and they're for him and it's for your good. Um, I think questions that I want to be thinking about when I'm with others especially is, is what, you know, is the conversation centered around what I primarily like what I don't have right now or what I wish were different. Like, you know, we, we, I think grumbling just happens a lot based off of our circumstances. Mm-hmm. So is that, does that dominate the, the conversation? weather, the government, the, the weather, the, yeah, my just health. The, the, yeah. I mean, our culture, I mean, you think about just Twitter. Twitter is only existing because people have a lot of bad things to grumble about. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, John, yeah. remember when John Krasinski in the middle of the pandemic started the, some good news. Yeah. Like we don't, there's not a culture of gratitude that mm-hmm. we we live in because it's all about, did you see that thing? And it's usually a really bad thing that happened. And then we grumble about it. So does that, does that mark my conversations with my kids, my wife in our, you know, when we're huddling, when we're gathering together as a missional community, are we focused more primarily on what we don't have or we wish was different? Cause mm-hmm. that's where we're cultivating something else in the opposite direction. Yeah. So I think just some of those things I'm, I'm mindful of. I think we want to, the ones that he lists are f- fantastic in, in it, but it starts with have a conversation with those who know you best. Um, to me, when I read that, um, it, it feels like a call to community, the, the need for community, the, the need to be surrounded by people who know the gospel mm-hmm. and know you well enough to know where to apply that gospel. And, and like I did to my daughter, <laughs> I need others to tell me you're acting foolish you know, praise God for all that he's done. And and part of that is number two, listing your benefits. This Psalm 103 is just the best. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And it lists, he who forgives all your iniquity, who heals you of all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That is, if I just list daily, go through the list of all the benefits God has given me, Mm. just materially, um, that is enough and, to and stop and praise God. I think God. there are practical ways to do that. Like yeah. you, you can just sit down and say, all right, 
I'm going to make a numbered list one to 10 and then just force myself to think of 10 things I'm thankful for, Mm -hmm. not leaving anything off because I think it's too small or insignificant because that betrays self-reliance or Mm -hmm. a a view that God somehow is not involved in the the little things. So just list 10 things or make a daily practice of come up with three things each day that I'm thankful for, Mm -hmm. um, to just to cultivate a mindfulness. Oh yeah, that that's a gift. That's from God. I don't deserve that. I could be in hell right now. <laughs> um, you can practice that in community, around the dinner table with your family, at bedtime with kids, yeah. asking, all right, what are three things you're thankful for yeah. to God today? Yeah. Um, and then and then expressing that, thanking yeah. God, telling God, yes. we are thankful to you yes. for this specifically. Um, and I think expressing thankfulness to people, being ob- observant, being attentive to evidence of God's grace around us, thanking God, and and then thanking people through whom God often blesses us Mm. is an expression of that and just practices, cultivates that Mm. gratitude. And just the idea just that it is a virtue that needs to be cultivated means, like that Crabtree quote, it's something that is often, it's like a fire being unattended. Um, It will eventually go out. Uh, so just recognizing that and wrestling with that and just highlighting, we will not do this naturally. So it needs to be cultivated. So yeah, it's an encouraging thought, an encouraging virtue. And like, primarily, like, we'll just end here. Um, I'm just so grateful for you men. Hmm. Uh, I'm grateful for Emmaus Road Church. I mean, the effect that this church has had on my life cannot be understated. Um, but ultimately thankful for the gospel because it is the thing that, that motivates all, all of us and, and is the thing that we are called to be most grateful for. I just think That's of right. Ephesians chapter one, or Ephesians chapter two, where what are we going to be, what are we thankful for most? The, the incredible, marvelous riches to us in Christ Jesus, That's right. that, that God has made us who were dead alive again. Um, so if nothing else, we... We, we thank God for that. We thank God for one another. And we thank God for all that he has done today and every day. So thank you, men. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.